This week in agriculture, a production of the Red River Farm Network with a look at markets. I'm Randy Conan. Corn production in the U.S. forecast at 15.1 billion bushels, up less than 1% from October. Yields are record high at 177 bushels per acre, up a half bushel from last month. The statewide averages for corn yields, 186 bushels per acre for Minnesota, 137 bushels per acre for South Dakota, and 108 bushels per acre for North Dakota. While the Dakotas enjoyed a small bump in yield, Minnesota has seen a significant improvement, with USDA increasing the state's average corn yield by 20 bushels per acre from August to November. Trade was all geared up for a bearish crop report, but USDA numbers came out. Soybeans went from $0.06 cents lower to $0.52 cents higher. USDA increased the soybean carryout by 20 million bushels, but cut the average soybean yield to 51.2 bushels per acre. That's down three-tenths of a bushel an acre from the October report. Average yield for Minnesota, 49 bushels per acre unchanged from last month. North Dakota soybean yields left unchanged at 26 bushels. South Dakota yields increased 2.5 bushels per acre from a month ago to an average of 41 bushels per acre. Traders reacted bullishly to the supply-demand report. Martinson Ag Risk Management President Randy Martinson said the report really did not contain in the wildly bearish numbers that the trade was expecting. Especially in the soybeans, that's where everybody was hanging their bear hat on. And even I was thinking that it was going to be a little bit negative to the bean market because, you know, not much exports. And, you know, it's been kind of a quiet market here with, you know, even China showing some interest. And we did see exports decreased in this report, but we did see yield decreased instead of increased. And that's really where the big change came and what made it a friendly report to the soybeans. Clayton Pope Commodities President Clayton Pope says the actual numbers in that report were not really that friendly. But the world carryover number in corn um, was expected to um, drop by almost a million metric tons, and instead it uh, went up 2.7 million metric tons. So uh, not only was the U.S. you know increased, but they've raised somebody else's production pretty good here too. The cash cattle market has been firming over the past couple of weeks. Summit Commodity Brokerage Analyst Tim Marsh expects cattle futures to follow the cash action. Cash cattle market's been good, really good the last two or three weeks. We were up to seeing a trade as high as 130, both Corn Belt and the Southwest, and the markets have responded. But uh, it's been a pretty good, been a pretty nice run for a couple of weeks, and the futures markets had a nice run. So every time the futures markets got uh, has rallied and gotten too far ahead of the cash market. It seems like it, uh, you know, it, you know, it pulls back, and I think we're in that mode right now where the where the uh, cattle market is pulled, you know, kind of leveled off here, and, and could be in pullback mode if we don't get a higher cash trade this week. Van On and Company market analyst Christy Van On says the livestock markets, though, are bumping up against a volume point of control. That's going to be the big thing to watch is can we get through that? So when you look at January feeder cattle, that level is 158.55, and that is honestly right where we're at. And so we need to be watching that level to see what we're able to make of it. We're not quite being able to break through. Got a couple days above it. But overall, it seems like higher corn price is weighing here on feeder cattle and unable to get it going. Weekly report from the Energy Information Administration for the week ending November 5th showed ethanol production at 1.04 million barrels per day, down. 68,000 barrels from the previous week, but it is 6% more than the same week last year. Ethanol stocks increased 200,000 barrels to 20.3 million barrels. And that's a look at markets this week in agriculture. I'm Randy Conan.
The 2021 tax year is quickly coming to an end. Now is a great time to meet with a tax professional to see if there are any final opportunities your farming operation can capture. At Egg Country Farm Credit Services, our team of tax experts specialize in all aspects of agriculture and tax policy. When you're ready to review your finances, turn to the experts in every field at Egg Country Farm Credit Services. The Red River Farm Network delivers market information, but it's more than just the numbers. We talk with traders, market analysts, weather forecasters, the people in the know. From Rugby to Benson and Roseau to Aberdeen, the Red River Farm Network covers agriculture. Go online to rrfn.com to find your local Red River Farm Network radio station. Podcasts are also available online at rrfn.com, iTunes, Google Play, and Spotify. When it's important to your bottom line, you'll get the entire story on the Red River Farm Network. With a look at this weekend news, I'm Kara Hart on the Red River Farm Network. Fertilizer prices continue to move higher. Anhydrous prices are up 40% from one week ago and up 163% from one year ago. According to Stonex Director of Fertilizer Josh Linville, these prices can still go higher. And I know I'm going to say this and a lot of people are going to say he's full of it, but right now urea prices are still very, very cheap. When you look at the price of anhydrous versus where urea is and the price of UAN where it is on the price per of actual in and hydrous is actually cheaper in comparison than what it normally is this time of year. A lot of pain, don't get me wrong. Unfortunately, I could believe it could be worse. U.S. inflation is rising at the fastest pace in 30 years. The region, including North Dakota, Minnesota, and South Dakota, had prices up 7.3 percent last month compared to one year ago. The overall jump in inflation is due to higher energy prices, with October gasoline prices up 50 percent from one year ago. The crop put in the ground in 2022 will likely be the most expensive to date in a farmer's career. Northland Farm Business Management instructor Ron DeBergstein says the financials still work. You know, when we do take a look at, you know, going into next year with the higher inputs, kind of reminds me of, you know, like 2011-12, you know, inputs were pretty high back then too. But, you know, with the higher commodity prices, it does pencil out. You know, I've ran some budgets here uh, this fall, and it doesn't leave a lot of wiggle room. It does pencil out if you can get at least a normal normal yield. Many farmers were able to capture strong cash prices for this year's crop. DeVergstein is advising his clients to also consider making sales for the 2022 crop. There is powerful demand for good productive cropland. For the most part, <laughs> strong to extreme strength, but yet it's still kind of early to make a blanket assessment on that. That's Kyle Nelson from the Farmers National Company office in Fargo, North Dakota. There's a fair amount of farmland on the market. Nelson expects that to continue. Regarding farm rents, Nelson says the negotiation process is starting sooner than normal. USDA's acting farm program's deputy administrator authorized the remaining 10 percent of the 2019 WIP Plus program payments to go out. Local FSA offices are supposed to start distribution this week. The 2020 and 2021 WIP Plus programs have not been announced by the USDA yet. Pro-Ag Service and Insurance agent Aaron Vipon is interested to see how USDA implements the new program. There may be issues for specialty crop growers with revenue protection policies. Start looking at it and break it down. The formula is based off of, or was based off of, in 18 and 19, 
the crop insurance spring price. And in 18 and 19, this wasn't a big issue due to the fact that our spring prices were higher than our fall price. So there was no real, you know, price change uh, to the benefit. On, and this year, our fall prices are coming in on wheat at, you know, 41% higher. And then on crops like edible beans and sunflowers, you know, it's anywhere from 40 to 60% higher, depending on the final numbers. And that could certainly kick some producers out of disaster payments. This concern was brought up during a roundtable discussion with Farm Service Agency Administrator Zach Ducheneau on Tuesday. President Biden and Chinese President Xi Jinping will meet virtually next week. U.S. agriculture sales to China are at record highs, but not meeting the trade obligations within the Phase 1 trade deal with the United States. U.S. Trade Representative Catherine Tai says the administration is gaining in traction in its talks with China, but did not offer specifics. For Former U.S. Trade Ambassador Terry Branstad told the Red River Farm Network he met with Ty last week and they discussed the Phase 1 trade deal. I'm, I'm afraid that the Biden administration got off to a slow start and uh, we need to get that done here in the not-too-distant future. North Dakota lawmakers made progress on two big agenda items as they met in their special session this week, a new redistricting map and also how to spend $1.1 billion in appropriations. The North Dakota Corn Growers Association issued a statement following an announcement a Chinese company plans to build a corn wet milling plant in Grand Forks. Board member Greg Amundsen says this is a much needed investment in the northern Red River Valley. The Fufeng Group plans to use 25 million bushels of corn per year. Construction should be completed in 2024 or 2025. That's a look at this weekend news. I'm Kara Hart on the Red River Farm Network. Proceeds Right Choice program this year is featuring solo stoves. All fire, no smoke. Easiest fire ever started in life. Burns clean and hot and is easy to maintain and crucially easy to clean up. Just like Proceeds, clean and vitally easy to do business with. Decisively easy to partner with. If you need seed, think proceed. www.proceed.net. Don't miss the dry bean scene on the Red River Farm Network every Friday at 1235 on this radio station. Each week we'll get an update on the dry bean crop. We'll talk to agronomists, farmers, and processors across the region. We'll get the latest news of the dry bean industry, all coming to you on your radio dial. The dry bean scene on the Red River Farm Network, made possible by Johnstown Bean Company, SRS Commodities, Sharpen Herbicide from BASF, and the North Harvest Bean Growers Association. With a look at weather this week in agriculture, I'm Randy Conan. Week started mild and dry, providing time for remaining harvest and fall field work. That did change by midweek with rain and snow Thursday and Friday. Snow continued across the eastern Dakotas throughout the day on Friday. Winds, though, were the bigger story, with many areas seeing peak wind gusts at 40 to even 50 or higher miles per hour. There was a shift towards wetter conditions this fall. Here's South Dakota State University Extension State Climatologist Laura Edwards. Where over the last 90 days, we've had some areas measure over 20 inches of rain uh, in the far northeast, including Sisseton with 21.26 inches um, for August, September, and October. Uh, and we've seen uh, quite a bit of improvement statewide in drought, where this week on the drought monitor, we have no area at all of extreme drought of D3 category, and we're down to just over half of the state in any level of drought that's D1 or worse on the drought monitor. 
Um, so as compared to even just a month ago, that's about a 25% drop. The large winter storm that brought snow to portions of the northern plains also halted field work across portions of the central and eastern Corn Belt. Nutrient Ag Solutions Principal Atmospheric Scientist Eric Snodgrass says Midwest farmers push hard ahead of that storm. We had about, about eight days before this swept through the Midwest that folks went just, you know, full tilt. I mean, they were going as fast as they could to get stuff done. In fact, last night, where I live here in Illinois, before the rain started, I was out driving around 9 o'clock, and I, I, I probably saw a combine in every field. It was just folks were trying to finish up what they could finish up, so that's good. Columbia Grains Arvilla, North Dakota site manager Tyler Stegman said nearly all of the area's farmers have wrapped up their corn harvest. Yep, uh, it's been a, a really strong push here, and uh, guys are guys are happy to be done early this year. So it's it's been a it's been a struggle, but we uh, we've got to put away. So from what we're feeling out here, guys are uh, extremely happy uh, from what it could have been or how dry we started and and how dry we were all summer. Uh, pleasantly surprised, I would say. Nationwide, 84% of the corn harvest is complete, along with 87% of the soybeans. Farmers in central Illinois, though, continue to struggle with wet ground as they try to finish soybean harvest. Bennett Consulting President Matt Bennett says the soybeans left to harvest are a concern. I mean, it's, it's definitely been a tough year uh, as far as trying to get everyone harvested. Uh, yeah, you know, it's just fairly wet. And, uh, you know, people are, you know, are finally getting to where the, the ground is fit. So uh, I would say that there's a lot of concern right now about trying to get those beans off so they can get anhydrous on. Because, quite frankly, as you know, if you don't get anhydrous on at a cheaper price this fall, it could be uh, pretty out of control for, uh, for next spring. Most of us have anhydrous booked in this part of the world uh, for seven to $800. That uh, was a prepay price. And the current spot price run about 1300 just uh, so people understand the difference there. Brazil's weather will remain favorable for crop development and planting over the next couple of weeks. Most of central and northern Brazil are expected to see regular rounds of rain over the next two weeks, while southern Brazil's rains are expected to begin next week. World Weather Incorporated says the rains will return to far southern Brazil on Sunday, out through November 17th, with most of that region receiving up to an inch and a half. Much of Argentina is expected to see good planting progress over the next two weeks as well, with a favorable mix of rain and sunshine. That's a look at weather this week in agriculture. I'm Randy Conan. Through their investment in the Minnesota Corn Checkoff, corn farmers are supporting university research to develop biodegradable corn plastics that would replace oil-based plastics. Using Minnesota-grown corn to create a better plastic delivers not only environmental benefits, but a huge potential new market for our state's corn crop, boosting demand and on-farm profitability. Want to learn more? See how your Minnesota Corn Checkoff investment is at work for you at mncorn.org. Hello, my name is Brian Cool, and I'm the president and CEO of the Progressive Agriculture Foundation. We are committed to making farm, ranch, and rural life safer for all children and their communities. You too can help prevent a child from becoming ill, injured, or even losing their life due to an agriculture-related incident. Visit progressiveag.org to learn how you can bring a progressive agriculture safety day to your community and get involved.